Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Shaws. And today we have the end of the story of Little Thumb. If you are just joining the podcast for the first time today, I would go back to the beginning because this is quite a tale with ups and downs and right now Little Thumb and his six brothers are about to be chased across the countryside by an ogre with a pair of boots of seven leagues. This is the conclusion, part five, of Little Thumb. He went out, and having run over a vast deal of ground, both on this side and that, he came at last into the very road where the poor children were, and not above a hundred paces from their father's house. They espied the ogre, who went at one step from mountain to mountain and over rivers and easily as through the narrowest kennels. Little Thumb, seeing a hollow rock near the place where they were, made his brothers to hide themselves in it, and crowded into it himself, minding always what would become of the ogre. The ogre, who found himself much tired with his long and fruitless journey, for these boots of seven leagues greatly fatigued the wearer, had a great mind to rest himself, and by chance went to sit down upon the rock where the little boys had hid themselves. As it was impossible he could be more weary than he was, he fell asleep, and after some time began to snore so frightfully that the poor children were no less afraid of him than when he had held up his great knife and was going to cut their throats. Little Thumb was not so much frightened as his brothers, and told them that they should run away immediately towards home while the ogre was asleep so soundly, and that they should not be in any pain about him. They took his advice and got home presently. Little Thumb came up to the ogre, pulled off his boots gently, and put them on his own legs. The boots were very long and large, but as they were fairies, they had the gift of becoming big and little according to the legs of those who wore them so that they fitted his feet and legs as well as if they had been purposely made for him. He went immediately to the ogre's house, where he saw his wife crying bitterly for the loss of her murdered daughters. Your husband, said Little Thumb, is in very great danger, being taken by a gang of thieves, who have sworn to kill him if he does not give them all his gold and silver. The very moment they held their daggers at his throat he perceived me, and desired me to come and tell you the condition he is in and that you should give me whatsoever he has of value, without retaining any one thing, for otherwise they will kill him without mercy. And as his case is very pressing, he desired me to make use, you see I have them on, of his boots, that I might make the whore haste, and to show you that I do not impose upon you. The good woman, being sadly frightened, gave him all that she had, for this ogre was a very good husband, though he used to eat up little children. Little Thumb, having thus got all the ogre's money, came home to his father's house, where he was received with an abundance of joy. There are many people who do not agree in this circumstance, and pretend that Little Thumb never robbed the ogre at all, and that he only thought he might very justly and with safe conscience take off his boots of seven leagues, because he made no other use of them but to run after little children. These folks affirm that they are very well assured of this, and the Moors having drunk and eaten often at the faggot-maker's house. They aver that when Little Thumb had taken off the ogre's boots, he went to court, where he was informed that they were very much in pain about a certain army, which was two hundred leagues off, and the success of a battle. 
He went, they say, to the king, and told him that if he desired it, he would bring him news from the army before night. The king promised him a great sum of money upon that condition. Little Thumb was as good as his word, and returned that very same night with the news, and, this first expedition causing him to be known, he got whatever he pleased, for the king paid him very well for carrying his orders to the army. After having for some time carried on the business of a messenger, he gained thereby great wealth. He went home to his father, where it was impossible to express the joy they were all in at his return. He made the whole family very easy, bought places for his father and brothers, and by that means settled them very handsomely in the world, and in the meantime made his court to perfection. And that is the end of Little Thumb, with very interesting alternate ending tucked in there. And I don't know about you, but I greatly prefer the first version, although we have left it with the ogre asleep on a rock very close to Little Thumb's parents' house. This is Dan Scholes for The Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Threads and Instagram at Folktale Project. And you can find us wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. As always, thank you so much for listening.